Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. It has been said that the opposite of love is stubbornness. And within each of us, we have to consider what is it that stops us from entering into the state of love? Well, it's that resistance to love and that ability we have within us, uh, that inclination that we sometimes have within us to stay with that resistance towards love. And <clears throat> to be able to truly understand love we need to understand the nature of our resistance, the nature of our stubbornness, the nature of that which refuses to enter into the state that love takes you into. Why do we hold back? Why? do we refuse to allow it to happen? The introspection as to the answers to this question can resolve for each of us a lot of understandings about our own self and the way we react to things. Let's first look at some of what occurs to us when love enters the picture. With love, resistance drops. With love, trust grows. With love, separations begin to disappear. With love, distance lessens. We become closer. We become integrated. We become part of the other. If we are trying desperately to maintain our own self-image, to maintain our own self-sense self of individuated self, then that which is love is being fought while we talk about it. We can't be the other and the lover at the same time. We can't be resistant to integration with others and love at the same time. 
We can't maintain a separateness that's unfeeling, that's harsh, that doesn't care, and love at the same time. And if we're accustomed to being that way, and if we want to maintain being that way, if we enjoy our separation, if we enjoy praise and blame, if we enjoy high and low, if we enjoy status conflicts, if we enjoy caste conflicts, if we are permeated with feelings about these things that give us pleasure, then we're not going to enter into a state of love. And we're certainly not going to enter into a state of surrender. Because love is the pathway to real surrender. Or surrender is the pathway to real love. The two of them are intermeshed. They are intertwined. They go hand in hand. And if we have the qualities that are opposite of surrender and opposite of love, if we want to maintain those qualities, then we can't go there. So the questions we have to ask ourselves, if we're having trouble entering into a state of love, is what are the qualities we enjoy within ourselves? What are the qualities we're trying to maintain in ourselves? What are the motives behind these qualities? And we get a truer picture of who we are. Now, in order to assess this nature of ourselves, we have to really look. In order to really look, we have to be starkly honest. In order to be really honest, we have to be able to see those parts of ourselves that our higher self knows is unpleasant. And when our higher self sees these unpleasant things about ourself, what happens? Well, a number of different things occur. One is there can be pain over our own nature. Pain over the recognition of what we've allowed ourselves to do. Pain in the recognition of the direction that we're going. What is the reaction to pain? Well, it depends on the individual, but some of the reactions to pain are recoil, to somehow run away from pain. So if that pain of recognition bothers us, we're going to stop recognizing. We're going to go out of the mode of self-examination and just go into the mo mode of reaction and maintaining uh, that kind of pleasure that we get from those qualities which keep us from reality. 
since most of the world is caught up in these desires for things, how do we break through them? How do we detach ourselves from the desire that drives us towards separating ourselves. See, desire essentially is the establishment of grasping things for the self, most usually to the deprivation of others. I need, I want, that which others need and other, others want becomes entirely secondary to I need, I want. How do we become without want? How do we lessen our needs? How do we rise above the level of trying to constantly satisfy our wants? Well, this month of Ramadan is practice for that because one of our strongest urges is to feed ourselves. We have this primal urge to eat and if you can play with that primal urge to eat and negate it with the understanding that now one of the things that's going on is that you're beginning to feel the hunger that you know others feel and that this need to feel the needs of others is essential to our own growth, a change can occur. But it takes incredible effort and it takes consciousness of what's going on. It doesn't mean that you go to sleep at 6 a.m. and wake up at 8 p.m. and spend your waking hours during the night because that only reverses your day and doesn't have any impact on your own battle with desire. It is really important that we think about things that we want and learn to deprive ourselves of them until we get to the point that we don't need them. As we get to the point where we see the interplay of desire and satisfying desire as a game that's played within us, we can laugh it off a little more easily. We can do away with it a little more easily. We can ignore it a little more easily. But if we see it as a struggle for our life, then it becomes really difficult. If our life is tied up with our desires, wherein we feel that our life depends on the fulfillment of these desires, then it's very difficult to go above these desires because we're too attached 
to them. It's only when this attachment begins to be cut away that we begin to be cut away from this need to separate ourselves through our own needs. Our needs as the foremost axis for the reason of creation. I mean, think about that. That's what it comes down to when we are in the midst of an elephant-like, arrogant root, I think is the French word, when they get into must, when they, when they just, their need overwhelms everything and their need destroys everything in their path. Well, our needs become like that for us. And we need somehow to understand how to lessen and lessen and lessen those needs. Baba once described desire as a mad dog, a voracious dog. And he said you can't just take everything away from him in an instant. So what you do is you put a stake in the ground, you tie a long chain to the stake, and then you keep leading the dog around the stake until the dog has less and less room to maneuver because it's being wound in. And this takes a little bit of time and it takes a little bit of cleverness. But the point is you can't just cut the relationship with the world like that. So we need to reel it in in the way you would reel in a fish. But, and it takes time. If you pull too hard, the hook is going to go out of the mouth. If you pull too slow, the fish is going to get too much momentum to go into the other direction. We have to enter into some sort of a balance with our understanding of our own desires. And we have to enter into a balance in our dealing with our own desires to set up a mechanism where we begin to do away with them. Uh, this month of Ramadan is about desires. It's about hunger. And it's about meeting hunger head on. And in that head on relationship, being able to balance our desire with our own need to elevate ourselves so that we can grow above desire. If we can't break out of our desires and our needs, we can't break out into love. We somehow have to understand what the mechanism is inside of ourselves that makes our desire work and how to negate this mechanism, how to put together a new kind of understanding about what we actually need as, about, as, as, as to what we hallucinate that we need. As we, need we need to really focus on what is going to give us true happiness in this world as opposed to what we hallucinate will give us true happiness in the world. A dog chasing a car 
thinks there's some reason for this and believes that if he catches it, something wonderful is going to happen. Well, what's going to happen? He's going to be able to bite into rubber, which is not going to do him any good anyway if the car stops. And he's only going to get it if the car stops, which is kind of interesting because it's not his ability that fulfills his desire, it's happenstance. But there's no culmination to that happenstance of any real joy. All there is looking for another car to chase. Not knowing what to expect, again, hoping that it's somehow fulfilling. Many people who are wildly successful in the obtaining of material things in this world continue at the same pace they have all their life even though their collection is enormous whether whatever it be the reason being that the having the having in no way compares to the hallucination of desire and when we begin to understand that desire is a carrot on a stick in front of us that is maintained in that way purposefully to mislead us into wrong action and that our own naivete continues to follow it and, and, and we recognize the stupidity of our being in going along with it, then we begin to make some headway. But if we can't handle the pain of admitting our own stupidity, we'll begin to ignore it. If we can't handle the pain of looking at ourselves as somehow lacking, we're going to ignore it. So there are a lot of very subtle things involved in recognition. Then, and there are a lot of difficult things that we have to take on And one of the problems is that regret gets in the way. And regret is a form of pain. And once we get involved in that, we become negative, And the whole process stops. So we have to understand that Allah grants us a new beginning every moment. <laughs> and it's within this new beginning that we can move forward. So we have to leave regret behind. We have to leave the past behind. We have to leave old patterns behind. We have to leave the way we used to do things behind. We have to leave the things that pulled us in the past behind and say, I'm born again. I've stepped into this world today for the first time as a new me and I am capable of maintaining this new me. And we have to have the faith in Allah that he will give us the grace and the wisdom to be able to do that. May it come to pass for each of us. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh.